Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We, we of course, moved services to try to warm you up. Who knew at 2 o'clock the parking lot would be completely shaded? But we're glad you're here. Whether you're joining us online or you're in our parking lot, we're delighted you're with us. Let's stand together. We'll make a joyful noise with some Christmas music today. Brother Ken, let's sing together. Amen. Let's sing, Oh, Come All You Faithful. We'll do two verses today. That's Oh, Come All You Faithful. remain standing this morning. I got several prayer requests for you. I want to give those to you. It feels really good right back over here in the corner. If everybody wants to come move in the corner, I'll just come preach over here in the corner. It feels really good over there. But thank you for coming this afternoon. We sure appreciate it. Uh, several prayer requests. Please, if you would, uh, continue to pray for Sister Patsy Gunner. I know I put that name out incorrectly yesterday. Uh, I apologize for that, but continue to lift up Patsy Gunner. She remains up in uh, Carillion Hospital and uh, don't know what's going on with regard to the surgery that was scheduled for later this week, but lift her up in prayer. Serious blood pressure issues she's dealing with and pray that they can get that under control. Of course, we put out Sister Peggy Crabtree is in uh, at her daughter's home. Pray for her. Sister Kim Ferguson, Brother John Wasoski, continue to lift him up. Then a special prayer request. I want you to pray for a lot of you know Pastor Tyler Galden. Brother Tyler's a good friend of ours. Uh, I've been at his church. Some of you have been with us there uh, when we preached revival. Brother Tyler uh, had COVID and it has now turned into to pneumonia. And he is in a, a really difficult strait. So please lift up Brother Tyler. And then my cousin, Brother Eddie Frazier, he and his wife have been attending. His sister uh, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, their services today are at 3 o'clock. So remember that family. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to meet with us today. Father, we come to you now. Thanking you for the opportunity that you've given us to assemble ourselves together. We are so thankful for this time of the year, for the season, what it stands for, what it represents. Lord, we are reminded that not only is this season uh, sacred, but every day is special because of the one who died that we might have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for those that have gathered today. Lord, whether they're here in our parking lot. Lord, whether they're joining us via live stream, we are grateful to be able to come into the homes uh, of our family and friends. Lord, I pray your blessings now upon all of these requests. God, I'm asking you right now to touch Sister Patsy. Lord, that you would uh, restore her health. You've been so good to her. Uh, Lord, you've touched her so many times, and we're asking that you do that again. Lord, that she might be able to have this much-needed surgery coming up. Lord, bless the singing, the preaching today. May it all uplift the name of Jesus. We'll thank you, and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. I hope these songs bless your heart this morning. Sing. Something 
awesome, wonderful. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Love that song. Love to hear y'all sing it. I appreciate it. Several announcements now. Let me run through quickly this morning or this afternoon. Y'all gonna have to. I'm gonna be saying morning all day. I promise you. Uh, Renee and I were sitting on the couch uh, about 10 o'clock today, drinking coffee, uh, watching Food Network. Can I get a witness? Hey, man. Looking at all the things I wanted to eat, ain't supposed to. And Renee leaned over and she gave me a little kiss. And she said, I got to tell you something, preacher. I can get used to this. Heathen, heathen, amen. But uh, thank you, amen. <laughs> but uh, quick announcements. First of all, uh, tithing envelopes are here. Brother Scott and Miss Teresa have those. If you utilize that instead of our online system, uh, make sure you grab those for the coming year. Uh, also, don't forget next Sunday, rain or shine, we're going to have the drive-in shower for Nick and Lydia. They are registered at Target. Their primary needs right now are Pampers and gift cards, so help us out with that. The time is from 2 to 4. We will set that up. Again, it'll be drive-through. Uh, we'll have some nice little takeaway goodies for you as you pull in, and anything you can do to help them would be much appreciated. On Wednesday, December the 23rd, Lord willing, that's the Wednesday before Christmas. Christmas is on Friday. Uh, we're going to do an evening service, 7 o'clock outside. Uh, we'll have our fires. Uh, you can stay in the car. You can sit outside. We're going to read the Christmas story. We're going to sing some good carols and be reminded that even in 2020, Christ is still the reason for the season. So we'll have a good time. Bring your family. You Again, sit in your cars or if you feel comfortable, come out. We're going to make a joyful noise and sing the songs of the season. So help us out with that. Again, that's on Wednesday, December the 23rd, weather permitting. And then if you haven't picked up those masks, we still have several of them, the SAGBC masks. We want to make sure to get rid of all of those, and I encourage you to stay vigilant. Keep doing what you need to do so we can get this year behind us, uh, and Lord willing, get back in our sanctuary and worship in the Lord. Renee and I were chatting this week. Uh, any other year prior to 2020, for about the last 10, this would have been our final dress rehearsal for our drama, we'd be getting ready to uh, 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 give that to our community, that Christmas card. So, Lord willing, 2021 is going to be the best Christmas drama we've ever done. Amen. Barring the rapture, and then if the rapture happens, it'll all be up to Brother Ken. Amen. Let's all stand together. We'll sing one more time uh, and make a joyful noise. Come on, Brother Ken. Amen. If we had the songbooks with us this morning, we'd sing a few verses, but most of us only know the first verse and chorus of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So that's what we'll do today. First verse and chorus of Hark the Herald angels sing. Come on, you can be seated. They're going to sing another one for us this morning. And thank you so much again for your uh, being with us today. Please pray, as we mentioned last week, uh, for Sister Ellen Harefield. Uh, she's got dealing with pancreatitis, so please lift her up if you would. And uh, on Sunday, uh, this is an announcement as well, on Sunday, December the 20th, uh, there'll be a drive-in uh, uh, celebration for Brother Eddie and Sister Patsy Gunner, who will be celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. We'll get, amen. We'll give you more details about that, but mark that on your calendar as well. That is on Sunday, uh, December the 20th. Y'all sing this afternoon. Yeah. 
Amen. I'm going to have them do did I mention because I like to hear Lisa sing it. Amen. Aren't you thankful this morning that he's always a prayer away and that in our time of need, all we have to do is call on him and he's promised he would never leave uh, nor forsake us. You listen this morning as they or this afternoon, tonight, whenever it is, you listen as they sing. That's awesome, y'all. Wonderful job. Psalm 61 this afternoon, if you would, please. Well done, folks. Psalm 61 in your Bibles, if you would. The 61st Psalm is where we'll be looking. We'll look at all eight verses of this Psalm. The superscription there tells us that this is a Psalm of David. And specifically, you'll note that it says to the chief musician... Upon Najina, which is a stringed instrument. And again, it notes that it's a psalm of David. Let's read all eight verses together. David writes, Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. For the end of the earth, from the end of the earth, will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher 
than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. Verse 5. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. It is not my message, but can I just stop a minute and say, thank God for a godly heritage. Thank God for a mother and father who did not send me to church, but took me to church. Verse number 6. That will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. And finally, verse number 8. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you again for the chance to assemble today. Bless the preaching. Use the outline to bless those gathered here, those gathered online. Lord, may our words today be the words that you'd have us speak to remind us of the goodness of the God that we serve. Save the lost today. Draw us all closer to you. We'll be sure to thank you and praise you. In the sweet name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If there is something that 2020 has reminded us of, it is the simple reality that for everybody, there are times when life just simply hurts. There are times when we find ourselves in moments of discouragement, challenging times where things don't seem to make sense, where our world just doesn't seem to be turning in the same way. It just doesn't seem to work out the way we had planned. This psalm is written by a man who is walking through what is undoubtedly the lowest valley of his life. Normally, when we talk about David, our minds go to the victories that David wrought. We think about his battle with Goliath. We think about his ascension to the throne of Israel. But like anyone... David had moments of despair. He had moments of trial. He had moments where his heart absolutely ached. And none more so than in this chapter. The parallel, if you'd like to read it, is found in 2 Samuel chapter 18. I'll quickly tell you what is happening. Absalom, David's son, has risen up against him in an attempt to take over the throne. A battle has ensued. David has been removed or has taken himself out of the palace. He has fled from Jerusalem, the capital. And now he is on the run as the armies of David, the father, are battling the armies of Absalom, the son, as the kingdom is being ripped apart. As if that wasn't bad enough. As the battle is coming to a close. David's son Absalom is riding a mule and as he passes under a branch that is hanging low, his hair, long, described by the Lord as being long, gets wrapped up into the branch. He's caught up into the tree. The mule keeps going and he's hanging there and in that moment, David's general, a man by the name of Joab, disobeys David and goes up and executes Absalom, the king's son. So when David is penning this psalm, he's not just discouraged because of what's going on in his kingdom. He's discouraged because of the death of his child, Absalom. His heart is filled with sorrow. His heart is overwhelmed. He's, he is uh, despondent beyond belief. But out of this despondency, 
out of this despair, David pins a song that he himself sets to music. And I believe that the Lord uses the lyrics of this song to touch David's heart. I want to stop a moment and say, I cannot promise anybody this afternoon that 2021 is going to be any better than 2020. I cannot stand here and tell you that we're not going to face more challenging times. I can't promise you that you're going to have anything easier in the coming days. But here's what I can promise you. That for the child of God, we are given the unique ability to sing sweet songs even in the midst of sorrow. The world does not understand that. They cannot figure out how we can shout through our tears, how we can pray through our pain, and how we can sing sweet songs in the midst of sorrowful situations. I want to give you a message this morning, this afternoon, that I'm entitling Sweet Songs Sung in Sorrowful Situations. Sweet Songs Sung in Sorrowful Situations. I believe that David's song has three stanzas. You know why? Because he was a good Baptist. Amen. Because Baptists, we sing the first. He wasn't a Baptist. But in Baptist churches, we sing first, second, and last verse. Amen. And when we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed at all the songs that had a verse we didn't even know about. This song. Amen. This song. I think has three stanzas, three verses. Stanza number one, David is describing his hurt. Stanza number one, David's talking about his hurt. If you will note, the opening phrase of this psalm, David says, Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my prayer. And as he opens his song, David says, Lord, hear me. Lord, hear me. I'll remind you that David's child is dead. The history of Absalom and David is a complicated one. Absalom was a child of disobedience. The relationship between Absalom and David was difficult to say the least. But David had specifically given the orders that even during the midst of this rebellion, Absalom was to be allowed to live. But now that the rebellion is over, not only is this kingdom falling apart, not only has David been exiled, but now his son is hanging from a tree, having been gutted with Joab's sword. Now, Absalom is dead and David utters a cry that is of unbelievable pain that word cry literally means a piercing ringing plaintive plea I want to just make a statement that I know is not popular but is very true even the best of Christians recognize that there are times when life is overwhelming you don't hear preachers preach like that. Somehow, uh, if you talk like that, then maybe your faith is weak. What a bunch of hogwash. There are times for all of us, church, uh, when the pain is real, uh, when the news is terrible, uh, when the situations hurt. Uh, there are times in our life uh, that are absolutely overwhelming. And anybody who tries to tell you differently is not reading the same Bible I'm reading. But here's the good news. The Lord has promised that every time you call on him, he'll give you an ear. Amen. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, uh, he writes, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty works which thou knowest not. Job 23 promises that he knows us. First Peter 5 promises that he hears. And Matthew chapter 7 promises that he cares for you. There will be times when your family won't listen, when your friends don't understand, when they just don't get it. But you hear me? There will never be a time when God's not listening to the cries of his child. Lord, hear me, David says. 
Not only does he say, Lord, hear me. He follows it up by saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. If you look at the second verse of this psalm, David says, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. From the end of the earth, David says. When you read 2 Samuel, you will, chapter 18, you will find that David has indeed fled Jerusalem. Think with me for just a second. I always give you this analogy. Imagine that the parking lot is Israel. The, about where these speakers are is the Jordan River that divides the two and a half tribes of Israel from the other nine and a half tribes. And of course the twelfth tribe, the Levites, they're scattered in six different cities. And way down over here about where our window our doors are going into the church is Jerusalem. That's where the tabernacle is. That's where the presence of God is. That's where the palace is. That's where David's home is. But David's fled. In pursuing David, Absalom has chased David out of the palace, chased him out of Jerusalem, chased him out of this part of Israel, and now David is dwelling in the tribe of Gad, which is one of the two and a half tribes on this side of the Jordan River. In David's mind, he is as far away from the presence of God as he can possibly get. In David's mind, he is so far away from God. But here's the good news. Even though he feels like God is far away and he's not where God is, he prays to a God and says, God, help me. Let's be honest, folks. Sometimes those situations that we deal with will make it feel like God is far away. I don't know about you. You don't have to amen me on it. You may not even feel comfortable saying it. But sometimes the situations we face make us feel awfully lonely. Certainly sin can make that gap between us and God feel like a chasm. But you hear me this afternoon. That feeling of emptiness, that feeling of distance, that feeling that God is nowhere to be seen can also come because of the enemy, the situations, the burdens, the problems that we face. Listen, even for the best of us, there are times when it feels like there is a great gulf between us and God. But let me give you good news this afternoon. In Psalm 46, don't turn. David writes, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. In Psalm 145, David writes, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call on him, to all that call upon him in truth. You hear me? Though he might feel like he's far away, though you might not feel like he's right beside you, I am glad that he is as close as the whisper of his name. David says, Lord, hear me. David says, Lord, Help me. And then David says, Lord, hide me. Hide me. If you'll note that second verse, he says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, and I love this clause, David says, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. This word rock suggests stability. From David's perspective, it's a reminder that the stormy seas are swirling around him and he was not sure whether or not he would be swept away by their power. So he cries out to a holy God and he's asking God to place him upon a rock that he cannot reach by himself. In this moment, David is reminded, listen now, that for every single one of us that know the Lord, we have a refuge and his name is Jesus. All of us have a rock. All of us 
have a place where we can go in times of trouble, in times of sorrow, in times of suffering. And I'm glad this afternoon that when your feet are planted upon the rock, the storm might still rage, the winds might blow, the rain might pound, the thunder might boom. But you hear me, that rock is a place of refuge that only the child of God understands. That's the kind of refuge we need in 2020, folks. That's the kind of reminder that we cannot solve our problems. We cannot lift our burdens. We can't help ourselves. We cannot even take care of the situation. But thank God we serve a God who can. Number one, that first stanza, David's song is all about hurt. But in stanza number two, David transitions from singing about hurt to singing about help. Aren't you glad he's an ever-present help in a time of need? Amen? Notice what David realizes. Go with me, if you would, please, in verse number three. David says, for thou hast been. By the way, that word hast is past tense. David says, for thou hast been a shelter for me. For thou hast been, past tense, a shelter for me. In this moment, I believe David has a come-to-Jesus meeting with himself uh, where he thinks about uh, God's good provisions for him. Hear me for just a moment. I believe uh, for a few minutes that David is reminding himself uh, how bad things are. Uh, he's talking about how difficult things are. Uh, he's reminded about the hurt that he's experiencing. Uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, the Holy Spirit reminds him uh, that there has never been a moment where God wasn't a help. Uh, that there's never been a moment where God didn't supply. Uh, that there's never been a moment uh, where God didn't take care of the needs. Uh, I think David perhaps stepped back from his pain and realized that over the course of his life, uh, God was always there. He remembers God giving him the victory over the lion and the bear as a boy. He remembers God giving him the victory over the giant Goliath. He thinks about how God just gave him the victory over this current battle. And perhaps in his mind he thought, well, if God has done that well by me in the past, he's surely not going to fail me now. How many of you can say this afternoon, like David, that God has been mighty good to you in the past. Well, honey, you listen to me. If he's been God good to you yesterday, if he was good to you last year, if he was good to you last month, if he was good to you 10 years ago, he's just as good today. If he didn't fail you last week, he's not going to fail you now. So David basks in the good provisions of a good God. Not only does he bask in God's provisions, but I believe David basks in God's protections. Again, verse 3, after describing that shelter, he goes on to say in the last clause, Thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. A strong tower from the enemy. That word tower is a picture of a citadel, a place that is high above the fight, high above the fray. It gives the image of a ship tossed about in an ocean, a ship that is sailing and seemingly under the control of the weather around it. A ship that cannot get its bearings. A ship that appears to be sinking. Then off in the distance, the captain sees a lighthouse. The captain sees the light flashing of that lighthouse and gets encouraged and reminds everybody, Hey, fellas, we're almost home. Keep rowing. Don't stop. The citadel, the lighthouse is just... Just ahead. Aren't you glad today that in every hospital room, in every home, in every funeral home for every child of God, though the storm might be raging, there is a lighthouse just ahead. 
Notice, number one stanza is all about hurt. The second stanza of David's song is all about help. I believe as David's heart begins to become encouraged, the last stanza is all about home. All about home. I'll remind you, David's way over here in Gad. His home is as far as away as he can imagine, but you listen to this preacher. I don't believe David's talking about his earthly home. I believe David's got his mind fixed on his heavenly home. Look with me, if you would, please, what he says in verse number 4. David writes, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. The word tabernacle literally means that dwelling place of God, where God is. The word abide means to stay, to dwell, to take up residence. And so uh, what David is talking about here in this moment uh, is that even in the midst of his storm, uh, even in the midst of the overwhelming moment, uh, his heart turns home, uh, his heart turns towards heaven, uh, and he says, God, I want to dwell wherever you are for the rest of my life. He promises, he resolves, to love God to the utmost of his ability. I want everybody to look this way. One of the things that I've learned in almost 20 years of pastoring and 25 years of preaching is that storms will do one of two things to people. It'll drive them from God or it'll drive them to God. I've watched uh, some of the finest believers I've ever met, uh, some of the godliest people uh, that I've ever encountered. Uh, I've watched storms uh, descend upon their life, uh, and by the time the enemy is done, uh, they've separated from God. Uh, they've walked away from the goodness of God. Uh, but then I've watched some other believers uh, who it seems like the storms just won't quit, uh, and the rain just won't stop pounding, uh, and the harder the storm blows, uh, the closer they get to a good God, uh, they recognize that you can praise him through the pain you can sing through the sorrow you can sing through the pain I'm glad to tell you that for many of us there are songs that only come when we are in those sorrowful storms of life David resolves to love and finally David also resolves to linger if you note the last clause of verse number four, after he says, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever, he gives what I believe is one of the most beautiful analogies in all of Scripture. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. I will trust in the covert, that word covert means covering of thy wings. You see, David in this moment recognizes and understands that even in the midst of the greatest pain of his life, he has a place where he can run and find shelter under the wings of a good God. The analogy here is clear. It's the picture. Many of you know where I'm talking about. There's scripture in Isaiah that references this. You understand uh, the imagery here. Uh, you recognize uh, that a mother hen will allow her chicks uh, to ramble about, to peck about, uh, and allow them to wander around uh, doing the things that baby chicks do, having fun, enjoying the things of life. Uh, but the moment danger is on the horizon... 
that mama hen will fluff out her wings, uh, will sound out a cry for the chicks, uh, and all of the brood uh, will come scurrying. You will think there's no way all those chicks can get up under that mama hen, uh, but here they come. Mama's calling. Rain's coming. There's a storm coming, and so mama hen spreads out her wings, uh, sends out a warning cry, uh, and here comes all the chicks, uh, and as soon as they're all up under, uh, mama, spre oh, man, mama spreads out those wings, uh, covers up every chick. Uh, mama's facing the storm. Uh, mama's standing uh, between the storm and the chicks. Uh, but every chick that's under the shelter of mama's wings uh, is as safe as they can be. I read a story several years ago that plucked my heartstrings. True story of a mission whose family had spent an entire generation leading a tribal village in Africa to God. The chief had been saved. The chief's family had been saved. Multitudes of converts. Church had been built. And it was a thriving Christian community in the middle of the most far-reaching tribes of Africa. But the night before, a simple, simple lightning strike had lit a fire that ravaged and destroyed the entire village. The church had been burnt. Homes had been burnt. Virtually all of the residents had been burnt. And so this missionary is walking around looking at his life's work that in 24 hours had been absolutely destroyed. In frustration. He makes his way back to his home, which was on the outside of the village. They have a little garden. They have a little farm. They've got chickens and hens. But he realizes as he walks outside the village, there's a house there, and he walks up to it, and he sees the carcass of a charred mother hen. Frustration and anger and in simple Resolute for what he's witnessed, he rears back and he just kicks that carcass. And when he does, out from under that carcass comes scattering a half a dozen live little chicks. You see, in the, in the midst of the fire, Mama had spread her wings, and here comes all the babies running up under Mama. Mama had suffered the fires so that the baby didn't have to. And in that moment, this missionary was reminded that in the most difficult times, in the fires of life, in the storms of life, in the battles of life, we have a mother hen who's promised us that we will find shelter under the shadow of his wings. And here's the best part, church. When you're under his wings, uh, Satan can't get you. Amen. That's a place he can't go. David, jumping down, I'm done, to the last clause, the last verse, says in verse number 8, So, because of all of this, will I sing praise unto thy name forever. Sorrow is real. Storms are real. But you hear me, church. For the child of God, there are sweet songs that only come in sorrowful situations. Let's stand together this afternoon. Thank you for your kind attention. Brother Ken's going to sing us a verse of invitation. And I'm going to ask you, I know you're probably chilly, so we're not going to be long. But I want to encourage you right now where you are, whatever you're facing, whether it's you, a family member, whatever you're going through, can I remind you that in this moment, now is the time to run under the shadow of his wings. Brother Ken, sing for us. I need thee. Most gracious Lord, yeah, man. No, no tender voice. voice like thine can peace of I need thee, oh, I need thee. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every, Every hour. 
you so much. You can be seated for five minutes. Thank you for your kind attention. Ushers, come on and make your way up this afternoon. Let me remind you, church, this is the first Sunday of the month. That means in addition to regular tithes and offerings, uh, we ask you to give generously for our missionaries as well. God has blessed us so much to not miss a single mission payment, and so we say thank God for that. You give as generously as you possibly can. Father, thank you that you are indeed an ever-present help in a time of need. Thank you, Lord, that for the child of God, we have a shelter in a time of storm. Lord, bless the offering today. Thank you for the opportunity to support these missionaries. Uh, thank you for the faithfulness of your folks to continue to give uh, week after week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 